Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and I am excited to do a show for you today. Before we get into the news, I do have to say that I had one of the most unique emails sent to me um, last week. And um, in that email, or that email was from Dane Myers. I'm not going to tell you what was in the email, but Dane Myers, who is a musician from Florida, Um, just an absolutely delightful gentleman. And I would highly encourage you to go to YouTube, search for Dane Meyers music and check this guy out. He's really cool. I actually interviewed him this week, which will be on the show next week (laughs) because, uh, that's kind of how I had to schedule it out. But Dane and I had a wonderful, it started off as an interview, but it just turned into a conversation. I could have talked to him for hours, to be honest with you. Uh, just a wonderful human being and a very talented one. So I'm going to put his information in the show notes. Go and, and check it out. And then next week, you're going to be twice as excited to hear the interview with Dane. All right. Having said that, let's jump into our news this week. A couple of quick hits here. The Lucid Air Dream Edition has an official range, and that is 520 miles, according to the EPA. Originally, Lucid was going to only produce 500 of the initial Dream Airs, but now, in honor of their 520-mile range achievement, they will be producing 520 of the initial deliveries of the... (laughs) hundred and sixty thousand dollar vehicle so if you have a hundred and sixty thousand dollars plus tax burning a hole in your wallet go to lucidmotors.com forward slash air forward slash reserve and pick yourself up one or two if if you have the time the cadillac lyric suv ev debut edition sold out within 19 minutes so that was just reservations but Still, um, pretty impressive, except we don't know what the threshold was, like how many reservations they were accepting. One dealer said it was only about 1,500 vehicles, but no other dealers are talking, so we don't know for sure. Um, And I wasn't able to find a price on this particular model, the debut model, 
But Cadillac says the Lyric base price is going to be around $60,000. So no official range at this time. Honestly, the Lyric is, is kind of growing on me. I'm coming around to this vehicle. It does look, it does look cool, especially the inside. The inside looks very luxurious. Rivian has a new membership plan they're going to offer to their new customers, which all of their customers are new because they're just now getting the R1Ts out the door. Members of the plan will get complimentary access to Rivian's Adventure Network and Waypoint chargers. So that's those are Rivian chargers, not Electrify America. So I don't know how that's going to work out for them. Rivian will also match every mile members drive with energy from renewable sources like wind and solar. So it's kind of like a carbon payback or buyback thing. And I'm sure this is going to go in forms of like solar rays on the factory and the headquarters and things like that. Um, You also get unlimited 4G LTE off road side assistance. See what they did there with the off road. And then you're also going to have an option and it sounds like you're going to have to pay extra for this option, but they have an option that if you get stuck or you need a battery charge, that they'll send a recovery vehicle out to either pull you out or charge your battery. Uh, The United States is a very large country. Canada is a very large country. I don't know if Rivian can deploy enough rescue recovery units to, to adequately make this worth the money, whether it's the money that Rivian is spending on it or the money that a customer is spending to have this option. It just doesn't seem like it's going to be a very useful option. It could be wrong, but it just doesn't seem very useful. All new vehicles will also come with this membership for 12 months. But after that, there's no word on the price. If I had to guess, it's going to be somewhere between three and $500 a year. Here's some good news for Volkswagen. The ID4 earned the IIHS top safety pick. That's the Insurance Institute. So kudos to Volkswagen for that achievement. Audi is launching the Q4 e-tron, and the starting price is going to be somewhat reasonable for an Audi EV. It's going to be $36,400 after incentives, which is $44,995 with incentives. The vehicle will come with a 55 kilowatt hour battery pack, or you can upgrade to the 82 kilowatt hour battery pack. It'll charge from 5 to 80% in 38 minutes, which is a little slow. And it has 250-mile range, which isn't great, but the car itself looks amazing. And this is a, a starting point. It's not like if you were going to compare it to like a Model Y, then you know there's no comparing it to a Model Y because Model Y is better. However, this is a starting point for Audi. So let's give them some encouragement because we want more electric cars, and I'm sure these will get better over time. However, I don't know if I would buy the first version of the Audi Q4. Possibly I'd buy the third or fourth version because I do think Audi makes a really good car. Ford is partnering with J.B. Straubel's Redwood Materials Battery Recycling Company. If you don't know who J.B. is, he was he was actually the CTO at Tesla, and then a few years ago, he went ahead and left and founded Redwood Materials. And Redwood Materials basically takes all of the really expensive rare earth minerals and things that can be recycled out of the batteries, and then they put them in new batteries. And this kind of kills that narrative that uh, some of your friends might say. I know my friends do. I have arguments with them all the time. 
that these batteries just end up in the landfills because I mean, that's just silliness. There's too much money in those batteries to just to be sitting in a landfill wasted. Like if they end up in a landfill, some company's going to find them, rescue them from the landfill and recycle them because the materials in there are very, very valuable. And you know, these battery manufacturers need them. So somebody's going to recycle them. Anyway, Ford is investing $50 million into the company, and Redwood will help Ford eliminate lithium-ion waste, and then they'll also reuse those battery materials. So it's good for both companies, obviously, and this creates a reliable supply chain for Ford or another reliable supply chain for Ford. Speaking of Ford, the Maki is getting a recall in North America because the glass roof and windshield might fall off. Now, if you remember, Ford made fun of Tesla because Tesla had a very similar problem. Well, sometimes <laughs> those things come back to bite you in the behind. And in this case, it did. When I read the initial news stories, the recall only encompassed about 5,000 vehicles. But right before I recorded the podcast, I see now that it's up to 38,000 vehicles. So it's a little more serious. But still, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Ford will fix it and get it all taken care of. A little Starlink news here. Elon is saying that Starlink's going to come out of beta for an official release, probably sometime in October. But then again, you know, these are Elon timelines. So we don't really know. It could be October 2022. But he thinks it's going to remove the beta tag and have an official release sometime in October. So hopefully that's true. The Tesla shareholders meeting, which I will cover on this show, is going to happen at Giga Texas in Austin on October 7th. Normally it happens at the Fremont factory. This seems like a last minute change and the whole thing's going to be virtual. There's not going to be anybody allowed onto the Giga Texas property for this. Some people are theorizing or really guessing that Tesla is going to announce that uh, the company is moving out of California and to Austin, and there'll be a new te- Tesla HQ either on the site of where the Giga truck or Giga factory is going to be built or near it somewhere. I'm hoping they just show off the new changes to the Cybertruck. I don't need them to say that they're going to release it any sooner, although I'd like that. I don't need them to do that, but I would kind of like to know what the final version of the truck looks like and kind of get some you know, more firm specs on that vehicle. But either way, it'd be cool. And I will cover it and we will talk about it. Tesla has killed the referral program, which is a real bummer. You know what? I I shouldn't say kill because it's not dead yet. It's almost dead or nearly dead, but it's not dead yet. Someone can use your referral code for a solar roof. So if someone uses your code for a $100,000 plus roof, then you get $500. Seems like a really fair trade for the referral code. A few months ago, it sounded like Tesla was going to revamp the whole referral program and make it more difficult for people who like influencers, I'm not an influencer, but influencers to amass an obscene amount of Tesla Roadsters. Um, The rumored program was going to be that you kind of had to be in the same proximity, if not next to one another um, and you had to enter the code or send a code from the one Tesla app to the other Tesla app. I can't remember exactly how the whole thing works, but it was going to be significantly more difficult for someone to use a referral code. Now, Tesla has modified the referral program several times since I've been doing this podcast. 
And there's been rumors of it going away. And it always comes back in one form or another. So who knows? Maybe Tesla is is limiting it and then they're going to bring it back in yet another form. But we'll keep an eye on it for sure. My friend Allison Sheridan recommended this next story. iccars.com is reporting the Tesla Model 3 is the fastest selling used car for the third month in a row. Now, the average selling price for a Model 3 right now is $47,325, and it sells in an impressive 16.9 days on average, which is really good. All of the other used cars on the list sold in somewhere in the 20 and sometimes 30-day range. So if you, get a, if you have a Model 3 and you sell it, it's going to go very quickly. The Model X and the Model S are number 9 and 10 on the list, respectively with an average days to sell of 24.1 for the Model X, and that's selling at an average of $78,224, and 25 days for the Model S, which is around $66,095 on average, which is still a very impressive number. And the reason given for this robust used car market, and everybody's, we can all say it together, what's the reason? Chip shortages. Yeah. And Elon to that point, was at a tech event in Italy this week, and he says that the chip shortages will end sometime next year. So we're going to be all caught up sometime next year. To which I say, maybe it will, maybe it won't. It's a crazy world. <laughs> Who knows? Moving on. Speaking of chips, though, it sounds like Tesla Hardware 4 will be built by Samsung, according to the Korea Economic Daily Hardware 4.0 will release with Cybertruck, or at least that's what we think it will release with. Elon said it last week, but with the delay of Cybertruck, maybe they'll put it in the Model Y or Model 3 before that. Who knows? If it is released with the Cybertruck, then we're looking at late 2022, early 2023 for the new Hardware 4 computer to be released. And honestly, like... If Tesla put out a Model Y with hardware 4 and Cybertruck was delayed again, I might go with the Model Y or the Model 3 at this point. I don't want to buy anything right now because I don't want hardware 3. I would prefer to have hardware 4 if I'm going to spend the money. But I just want the Cybertruck. Let's release the Cybertruck already. All right. The 4680 battery factory at Giga Berlin is coming along nicely. Elon said last November that the Gigafactory in Berlin would produce at least 100 gigawatt hours per year, possibly more, and that would make it the largest battery cell plant in the world. And since we're talking about factories and all that other cool stuff, Tesla has broken ground on a new factory to produce Megapacks in Lathrop, California. Now, the Megapacks are these large, huge stationary battery packs that Tesla is going to be making. So to recap, we have the power wall, which is residential. We have the power pack, which can go probably industrial or into some utility storage system. And then you have the mega pack. And the mega pack, according to Tesla, is going to be 60% more energy dense than the power pack. So that's definitely going into some peaker plant style replacement. Like a peaker plant is this big natural gas plant that when the energy consumption peaks, the peaker plant will kick on and help balance out the grid. 
So these mega packs could be used in place of these beaker plants, or at least a, a first line defense before the beaker plants kick on to help balance the grid and eliminate brownouts or blackouts. The National Transportation Safety Board thinks that Tesla's branding of full self-driving and autopilot are misleading and irresponsible. Now, Jennifer Hammondy, hopefully I'm saying her name right, sorry if I'm not, is the new head of the National Transportation Safety Board, and she's calling on Tesla to address basic safety issues before expanding autonomous driving to city streets. Now, in the past, I've defended Tesla's naming conventions And this is largely because of like cell phone companies. Cell phone companies will say that they have something like, let's say 5G is the latest hotness and it's the most exciting thing. Well, 5G as a a spec isn't out yet. Let's just pretend it's three years ago. Well, cell phone companies will say we have 5G plus or 4G plus or whatever, and it's 5G speeds. Well, they really don't have anything because they don't meet any standard. They're just using marketing terms. And that's kind of what I, how I thought about this whole thing with Tesla and autopilot and full self-driving, but it's becoming such a distraction at this point that I think Tesla just needs to give up and rebrand. And then once they've rebranded, they need to say, okay, these are the features, just like Hamid was saying a couple of weeks ago, these are the features that we are going to give you. This is what you're buying. Over time, we will upgrade these features for you, but you were buying these features today. And I don't think anybody would be mad about that. Um, you know, we're already on hardware four and we haven't hit real self-driving right now. We're at an advanced level two driving. And let me be honest, most people that I know who have full self-driving, who have paid that extra money or just used autopilot are thrilled with what they have. So I don't think it's going to be a big deal. But what is going to be a big deal is Tesla's going to have to swallow their pride, bite the bullet, and change their messaging on this and their branding. So here's how I would do this. I would start with all of the people who have paid for the service because they're not going to get full self-driving or it's unlikely that they're going to get full self-driving at this point. And they've paid you know, between seven dollars and $10,000 for this service. Tesla's got to give them a credit, a coupon for the next time they buy a Tesla. They're going to pay a ridiculously low price for whatever version of autonomy assistance driving they have when they buy their new car. So that way Tesla isn't losing any money or shelling any money out. And it encourages the uh, owners to continue buying a Tesla the next time. So that's, that's the first step. You got to take care of the current owners. However you do that is up to Tesla, but you got to take care of them. You can't leave them out. The next step is to, Sell full self or excuse me, not full self driving. Sell the driver assist feature for about four thousand dollars because right now Tesla is about a three percent take rate on full self driving. That means only three percent of people who buy a Tesla are paying that ten thousand dollars. I think that that shows hands down that that is too much money for that service and they need to lower that to get that take rate higher. And when they sell the service, they need to sell the service for what is available at the time. They can continue to make it better like they're doing, but they need to say, here's what you're buying. You're not buying something in the future. We're not promising you anything for the future. You're buying this. And if we make the service better, we're going to include you. 
And I think that's kind of a big deal. They're already doing that now anyway, but they're promising promising you something that you may never see in in your current vehicle as we talk today. And I think that Tesla's uh, full FSD and autopilot, I think they are great products. I don't have a problem with the products. I think they just need to rebrand and then just let that go because that's one of the biggest distractions in the media right now that they're pointing to is full self-driving is not full self-driving and companies or not companies, media outlets and naysayers are going to hammer on that as long as it's not full self-driving. And as long as Tesla's are making silly little mistakes, again, I think the service is great. I'm not bashing the service. I'm just saying we need to change our message and change our approach. When I say our, obviously I'm not a part of Tesla, but whatever. So I have a little analogy for you or a little story, I guess. And you tell me if you would be willing to do this. So this is kind of a a wimpy from Popeye, if you know who that is, in reverse. Wimpy was like, um, I'd gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. So we're going to reverse that, right? So let's say you go into a restaurant and you buy a burger for $10. When you walk out of the restaurant, you only take the buns with you. And the restaurant's like, hey, we're going to send you the rest of the burger later. So you walk out, you got the buns, you're happy, they're nice, they're fluffy, you can't wait to eat this burger. Two months later, the restaurant sends you some lettuce and says, hey, you're going to get the tomato in two weeks, but right now all we can deliver you is the lettuce. So a month and a half after that, you get the tomato. And as a bonus, you get half of an onion. You don't get all the onion, but you get half of the onion. And you're like, oh, sweet, this burger's coming together. I'm going to be able to enjoy this burger soon. And then three weeks after that, you get the other half of the onion, but the founder of the company for this restaurant tweets that the burger patty is almost done, but it's going to have to little wait just a little bit because there's a safety issue. So now you're into this about eight months and you haven't even eaten your burger yet. And now what happens in those eight months that you've been waiting for your burger, the restaurant comes out with a new burger and it looks so much better. It looks so much more delicious. It's an improved burger. It's multi-grain with the um, uh, poppy seeds on top. So you go back into the restaurant. You throw out your old burger because, you know, it's eight months. That's a no, that burger is no good anymore anyway. So you walk into the restaurant. You order your new burger. And you walk out with a multi-grain bun. And that's all you get. You don't even get the toppings on top. You don't get the poppy seeds on top. This is kind of how this whole thing's going. It sounds ridiculous. But that's what's happening with Tesla and how they're marketing and selling their driver assist systems. Now, to be clear, when I get my Cybertruck, I'm totally paying that $7,000 for that bun. But I'm doing that knowing full well what I'm getting. And deep somewhere in my heart, there might be some animosity towards Tesla or the restaurant in this case. But I go back to my earlier statement is that I think this is good technology. Tesla just needs to market it as what it is, not what it could be or what they're promising. They need to market it as these are the services we're selling you today. And you can even say we continue to make it better, but you can't market it on a promise that may never happen. While we're on the topic of autopilot, autopilot can now see emergency lights at night, which is a start. 
So here is the little update from Tesla. If Model 3 slash Model Y detects lights from an emergency vehicle when using auto steer at night on a high-speed road, the driving speed is automatically reduced and the touchscreen displays a message informing you of the slowdown. You will also hear a chime and see a reminder to keep your hands on the wheel. When the light detections pass by or cease to appear, Autopilot resumes your cruising speed. Alternatively, you may tap on the accelerator to resume your cruising speed. So this is awesome. I say, what about daytime? Now I mentioned Allison before, and I'm going to mention her in a little bit here as well. Um, Alice and I had a whole conversation about this on Chit Chat Across the Pond. Tom Cooper and I had a chat about this last week. I would encourage you to go back if you haven't and listen to both of those conversations if you want to get a really good understanding of what's going on here. Ooh, let's talk about the much-anticipated Request FSD Beta button. It's now available. So once you push it and you agree to the terms and conditions, you will be entered into a queue. And while you're waiting for your beta invite from Tesla, there's like a little safety score system that you can view in your app to determine how safe of a driver you are. We talked last week how Tesla is going to make you drive for seven days before they allow you to enter into the beta. They want to ensure that only safe drivers get into the beta, to which somebody on Twitter said, well, if Tesla thinks full self-driving is so safe, why wouldn't they want the less safe drivers to be using the safest method of, of driving that they could be? But anyway... Having said that, it's just, it was a really funny comment. Um, so this system isn't unlike the what's in your insurance company or what some insurance companies are trying to do. Like you download an app or use a, de- a device in your OBD2 port to monitor how you drive. And in Tesla's case, it monitors forward collision warnings. How many did you get per thousand miles? How many hard stops? How many times did you swerve? Aggressive turning are you following someone at an unsafe distance? That kind of thing. Forced autopilot disengagement. And then Tesla gives you a little score rated zero to a hundred. And this is all done. The scoring and stuff is all done in your Tesla app. Now I don't have a Tesla, so I have to rely on Brad and Sierra to get my information. And I waited until now to record this up or this episode in hopes that Brad and Sierra would have gotten the update and I could get their feedback. They did get the request button and they pushed it. And unfortunately that's it. They haven't gotten anything else. They haven't even got the little safety score on their app. So I'm, I love them and I'm very proud of both of them, but they suck. They are not helping me out in any way, shape or form. Brad and Sarah, you suck. So just so you know. All right. I said, I was going to mention Allison one more time and here it is. She passed along this story to me. Oak Ridge Laboratory is run by the Department of Energy. And if you've never heard of Oak Ridge Laboratory, well, it's got it's got a pretty interesting start. It's where the Manhattan Project started in World War II. But now they're a sanctuary for scientists and engineering, and they're focusing their big brains to help the world be a better place instead of, you know, we don't want, we don't want, we want it to be a better place. Anyway, Oak Ridge National Laboratory and a company called Hevo are working on a project to allow EV wireless charging while you're driving at highway speeds, which is really cool. 
Oak Ridge National Laboratory came up with this technology, and HEVO is actually going to develop it even further with the help of ONRL, and they're going to um, commercialize it, basically. So this is a polyphase electromagnet coil that can deliver one and a half megawatts per square meter. This system is more compact because it eliminates one of the power conversion stages. And I believe that it does this on the part that's connected to the car. So there's a little part, and I was a little confused on this, but there's a little part, little medium pizza box sized device that sits on the bottom of the car. And that's what allows the vehicle to get charged as it's driving over the road. road. Now, I am not an expert when it comes to wireless charging. So that's that's about as far as I'm going to go. I'm going to go with that. And one of the things I was thinking of while I was reading this story is how efficient is this? Because in firefighting, as water travels through hoses and fittings and things like that, it loses some of its, um, uh, it's called friction loss. It loses some of its momentum. And let's just say you have to pump something at 100 PSI to get 100 gallons of water out a minute. Maybe you have to pump it now at 115 or 120 to get 100 because to overcome that friction loss. And I'm vastly oversimplifying friction loss and I'm on a ladder and I don't even deal with friction loss on a ladder, really. But I'm vastly oversimplifying how, how friction loss works. But I'm assuming in electricity, we have a similar concept, right? So if let's just pretend if you have 100 kilowatts traveling through the dirt on this system, how much energy is lost trying to get that um, that signal from the dirt where this is buried in to the asphalt and then the asphalt to the air and then through the air to the car, obviously. So while I was reading this, I was like, yeah, but how efficient, how efficient, how efficient? Well, Oak Ridge, actually, they answered this question in the article. Um, it can charge or it has the capability of charging up to 300 kilowatts while you're driving at highway speeds, which is incredible. And it's 90 to 96.5% efficient. And that is, in my mind, extremely efficient. If you're an electrical engineer, tell me if it's not. But I'm really excited about this technology. Now, I've probably misrepresented some things in this story because I'm not an electrical engineer. And there's some things that I just don't understand, to be honest with you. Um, But what does it mean for us? Like, If this works out, what does it mean for us as EV enthusiasts and EV owners what can this technology do for us? Well, at the best, right? It's going to charge your car while you drive it. And that's either going to, it's either going to charge it a lot or it's going to charge it a little bit, depending on how efficient it is in reality, or it might be a net zero. So when you get on that 20 stretch of uh, 20 mile stretch of highway, maybe you don't lose any um, miles or any range and you don't gain any range. So it's just a net zero or, Maybe it's a little weaker in some places and you lose, you know, less. So you're, you're not gaining any range while you're driving, but you're not losing range as quickly as you would have if there wasn't there. And then the obvious, you know, final two things are it's going to barely make a difference or it's not going to make a difference at all. And it's just a waste of money and time. This week or last week now that you're hearing this, Daily Tech News Show did a similar story about a study that's being done in Michigan. And some of the hosts were talking about, well, what's more efficient? Is it more efficient for us to be putting this technology in the roads and tearing up the roads? Or is it more efficient to do charging stations? And honestly, I think we need to do both, to, to be quite frank with you. Um, 
one of the reasons they were giving was to relieve range anxiety. And I honestly don't think at this point, any current EV owner has range anxiety, unless you have a range of like 100 miles, like you have one of the early Leafs, um, totally understand you might have range anxiety. But if you own a modern electric vehicle, you know what that vehicle can do. And you know where you need to go and where you need to stop at this point. And there's enough apps and, and technology in your vehicle to get you to that next charging point that I don't, I don't think range anxiety is a big, as big of a deal as people thought it was. Maybe if you don't own a vehicle, maybe this gives you some reassurance to, to adopt and purchase an electric vehicle. But in general, I think people who have EVs are like, yeah, I already know what my car can do. They just don't need that extra incentive. However, it is nice for sure. All right, everybody, that is our news section of the show. Stay tuned because James is going to give us some nice tips on some EV accessories you may or may not know about. Also, James hosts a show called True North EVs. And this week, he sat down with Harvey and Kent, and they were going to do a long distance drive from Newfoundland, Canada, St. George, all the way to Vancouver, B.C., in an Audi e-tron. So that's pretty cool. And they did this in honor of Harvey's wife, Mary Ann, who passed away of cancer in 2018, unfortunately. I'll put a link to James's episode in the show notes so it's easy to get to if you want to check it out. And I highly encourage you to check it out because it was a good interview. And I have a media pick for you. I haven't done a media pick in a while. Sword of the Gods by Bruce R. Cordell. The If you like sci-fi, the story is great. The characters are great. I don't want to give a whole lot of... Um, I don't want to give any sort of spoilers, but you you learn as the main character learns. That's, that's where I'll leave it. It's a good book. Take a look at it, Sword of the Gods, and I'll put that in the show notes as well, an Amazon link. And then um, I haven't mentioned this in a while, but I have a Patreon. If you want to become a Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt and take a look at uh, what we're doing. If you become a patron just for a dollar, you don't get ads. So if you don't like the ads... Go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com. And for $1, you'll get an ad-free experience. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. All right, let's go ahead and jump into James's recommendations. Hey, James, welcome to the show. Hi, Bodie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So just in case people that know or aren't aware, James and I have been troubleshooting for the last, let's see here, 30 minutes, and hopefully this is the one that works. I'm hoping and praying. All right. So, James, I wanted to have you on the show because you have um, a couple of different unique experiences from most of the audiences. One is you live in Canada. Um, Two is you drive a Kona. And three, you really like to customize your car. And we're going to talk about one specific thing that you do for your car, but you have some kind of tips for just the general EV owner out there. You don't have to be a Kona owner. So let's uh, go ahead and start with your your first tip. So I believe we'll start with uh, the wiper blades. Should we start? Okay, with? Um, that's an exciting tip. <laughs> it's uh, essentially uh, there's a new company called I believe it's pronounced Shedge S C H E D G E. It's an American company. Found them on Kickstarter. And uh, if you dislike going to the store to find wiper blades, if you uh, dislike having to wait for your wiper blades to no longer be functional, uh, these guys actually have a, it's called a lifetime subscription. Uh, so there's two different choices for lifetime subscription. You can either get new wiper blade inserts. So instead of replacing the whole wiper blade, you just replace the rubber either every six months or a year. And when you switch vehicles, you just have to buy a new arm and they still give you lifetime rubber inserts. That's a really nice feature. I, so I can tell you from Arizona, we use our wiper blade, our wipers maybe once or twice a year. And every single year I have to replace my blades. And this year I spent $70 because I got tired of replacing them with cheap blades because I'm constantly like, it's just something we have to do. We have to replace batteries every year pretty much. And we have to replace uh, wiper blades every year. So that's a, that's a good pick. What's your, what's your second? Go ahead. Sorry. And it also is, you, especially with you, it just dries out and cracks and here it's mostly bugs that kill it off. But uh, it, it's the, you don't have to think about it. If you don't need the wiper blade insert right away, you just kind of put it off to the side once you need it. Then you put it on type deal. Um, oh, that's a valid point. Yeah. So because my wiper blades were two years old by the time I finally replaced it. <laughs> so uh, moving on to the next one is going to be tux mats. Um, I use tux mats. Uh, I found them actually through Tesla groups. So it's kind of like weather tech, but I find them they're more of a, I guess, higher end deal because they actually 
lift up and wrap around kind of the backseat carpeted area. So, and it's a more of a plusher vinyl, I guess, but really nice for keeping all the dirt grime kind of contained when kids spills or whatever. It's has nice little edging to keep the spill contained. Yeah, that's nice. We I put WeatherTech in the back of our van specifically because I had small children and it's it's like it's the it was a ridiculous amount of money because it's a big piece for the the back of the van. It was a ridiculous amount of money, but it's worth every single penny. One is it looks nice, it matches the carpet, it matches the interior, and then two is like it's so easy to clean. It literally takes, you know, 10 minutes and the whole thing looks new again. Yeah. And yeah, it gives that nice little catch basin too. So you don't get the liquids coming out for us here in Canada. It's great for the snow containing all that snow. Um, so yeah, definitely not a cheap product though. No, they're, they're not, but they are worth it. If you yes. want to keep your car in good condition. Um, I would add if anybody's curious, like for our seats for the, we have two captain seats in the back of the van and that's where my kids sit. And I bought these, um, really nice and they are off of Amazon. I can't remember. I'll, I'll try to remember to put a link in the show notes from the Amazon link, but they're basically seat covers for pets though, not for children, not for adults. Like these are specifically for pets. So if their cat, the pet has an accident, it's got like the moisture protection on it. It, these things are really heavy duty. They're almost made out of like a canvas feeling material. And then you just wash them. So I wash them like once every two months or whatever. And the seats underneath are still, they still look brand new and they fit the seat perfectly. So if you are, if you have children or pets, I would highly encourage that because I might have to do that with my son. Yeah. Like, well, it's always amazing how much you find below behind the car seat. Like my kids are old enough where that's not a, so much of an issue, but like, you're just like, Oh my gosh, when, when did they eat bacon in the car? <laughs> well, see mine also likes to, cause his car seat is in the middle. So he'll step on, walk through the seat or on top of the seat in order to get to his seat now. So it's, Especially in the rainy, muddy, snowy days, it's be nice to have a little bit of protection on the seat. Okay. Well, let's move on to the more nerdier. Like those are fun picks, but this is <laughs> the more the nerdy pick. And then you actually, um, I listened to the episode. If anybody doesn't know, James does a podcast called True North EVs. And he has an episode where he actually interviews the founder of this next product. And so he knows, James knows quite a lot about it. So go ahead and jump into that. Well, I wouldn't say a lot. Uh, I'm not quite uh, to the point that I actually understand all the screens, but uh, it's called EV OBD2. Um, it's available for the Hyundai Kona EV and the Kia Nero EV, uh, I believe 2020, 2019, and the Kia Soul EVs. Uh, he is working on getting it for other EVs. Um, not sure how much work it is. I'm sure it's a lot more, especially when it's kind of a side project of his. But I know uh, I haven't experienced it yet, but I know most electric vehicles, their 12 volt battery is kind of the worst part. It's kind of the Achilles heel of the whole system. And this actually, one of the 
guess, functions of the many functions is actually it will tell you how your 12 volt battery is uh, doing. But it also has, just trying to figure out here, has approximately seven screens, um, which tells you everything from what your actual battery percentage is at, what the temperature of your battery is, what the temperature inside your vehicle actually is, whether you're regening, and if you are regening, how much you're regening by the kilowatts, how much your power output is, uh, uh, single trip info, that it tells you about your high voltage battery, uh, what the actual percentage or what the actual voltage is at, what the battery temperature is, uh, and it tells you actually what the state of health on that big battery is, which most people with the whole battery warranty deals that everybody seems to be so worried about, um, I believe them more normal number for the warranty is about 70% when your big battery hits 70% then usually it can be warrantied and you get a new one or you have a Hyundai Kona and it gets recalled um, but uh, with it it will actually say the state of health so you could actually see okay I'm at 99% 95% whatever um, Probably with the Soul EVs, with the smaller batteries, it's going to be a lot more important. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it has the 12-volt auxiliary battery. So it has the percentage, the actual voltage that it's putting out, um, and the amperage, whether it's taking in, taking out. So this is for, the, you said, the, the Kia and the Hyundai. Um, yeah. Kona what so what specifically well let's start with this how how do you install it start with with the installation how does it work so it depends if you have an OBD2 reader already but he actually sells two different kits one is with an OBD2 and one is without so if you buy the kit with his OBD2 you basically i guess can you for explain those, what that is? For I was going to say, for those that don't actually know what an OBD2 is, um, so it stands for Onboard Diagnostics. So anytime you take your vehicle into the service shop, it's going to be what the service shop plugs their computer into to actually get all the info. So what his kit comes with is something that plugs into that port. It's usually underneath the steering wheel. Um, of most vehicles. Some have it in other spots around the driver's area. Um, actually, some European ones have it on the passenger side. But it's easy enough to find out where it is. But for what he offers, it's all going to be on the driver's side underneath the steering wheel. But basically, you just plug it in. It, uh, it is a Bluetooth uh, deal, so no wires. Uh, just plugs in, flashes a bunch of lights, you can see, and it actually comes already paired with the little tiny screen. I didn't actually, when I initially saw it, I thought that screen is going to be too small to actually read anything. Um, but the screen, you could place it in the little cup holder right next to the uh, 
by the instrument cluster or whatever, kind of wherever you want it. It has double-sided tape, and uh, it comes connected with that OBD2 device already. The screen looks like it's about the size of a business card. I'd say it's about half the size of a business card. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It, It is surprisingly tiny. And that's why I thought when I initially uh, pulled it out of the package, I'm like, that's going to be super small. But because uh, he uses colors and, and like the white background, it actually is surprisingly super easy to read. Um, mine, I actually just put in a little cubby hole, uh, I guess, next to the auxiliary jack and all that. Uh, the way my Kona is in order to use Android auto or Apple CarPlay, you got to be plugged in anyways. So Mm. where the plugin is for that right next to it is the screen. So it's kind of out of the way, but not using up any space. Yeah, he does use, you're right. If anybody's concerned, like I'm looking at on his website, cumulative energy, and then he has the, kilowatt hours charged in green, the kilowatt hours discharged in red, and then the title of the screen in blue with yellow background. It actually does a really, he does a really good job of differentiating what you're seeing and it makes it easy to get a, a, an idea of what's going on without, you don't get a ton of information, but you get a really good idea of what's going on. I, I go with, you don't get a ton of information on one screen. Depending on what you would like, there is, what do we got? Nine screens altogether. So kind of what you would like is kind of whatever your main priority is. You can get the information you need there. Yeah, that's a really valid point. Um, so with that, what do you use this for? What's, what's important? Uh, so the main screen, I always had it on was actually... Find it. It's called the recent based GOM, so guessometer. So with the Kona, they always just have the range. You can't actually see your battery percentage. So I would actually use that. Would be my main screen is the recent based guessometer because they actually Hyundai goes with every five hundred or a 500 kilometer trip. So however that works, it's going to be 500 kilometers. The last 500 kilometers, that's how we're going to figure out what your range is. So if you've been driving in the city and for the last 500 kilometers, and then you go on a trip on the highway, that's two very different driving styles, but it's still going to think you're in the city. So give you a much higher range than you actually have. But even with the range issue, at least on this screen, you actually see what your battery percentage is at. So if it says you have, call it 300 kilometers, but you only have 60% battery, you know something's off. Okay, so it's this gives you a more accurate uh, uh, detail of what your battery is actually doing right yeah. now. And then what is... And I've, I've not driven a Kona. I've seen tons of videos, but what information do you get from Hyundai on your screen that's useful to you? And what, what information is this adding? 
because the, the, the 500 kilometers thing and getting a better idea of what your battery percentage is actually at, I think is a great um, example. Um, what Hyundai gives you that's actually useful would be the range, I guess. They do have a little bar graph deal that I'm not sure how they come up, what the breakdown is per bar or whatever. Um, Cause I've had my vehicle as low as 10% and it hasn't hit the red. The last two bars are red. I don't know what percentage you have to be at to get to the red, but it's. So this is your, it, it shows you as your battery goes down, a bar graph disappears and eventually you get to a red. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so when I didn't have this, I would have to keep clicking on the infotainment screen. Um, the actual battery info, which then it gives you a percentage on there, but you can't have the percentage on your main display. Oh yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. It's kind of an important part. Well, you, you got, I guess they go with, if you're coming from gas vehicle, it you're used to seeing like a gas gauge or whatever. That's always just a guess. Oh, I see. And you gas vehicles, I guess now it's more common, have a range. So I think it's more they're just trying to make it comfortable for the transition where people that actually know a little bit about EVs want that extra info. Or once you actually start using it, you actually want to see the percentage. Um, Then you have to kind of go digging where it'd be nice if they just showed you a percentage. Um, Because I know... There was a couple, a month ago, I did go out. I had to take my wife out camping with her friends, but we're only allowed to charge up to 80% with uh, driving there. The one place that has a high uh, rapid charger, level three charger, uh, I go through initially. So it was nice when I was there using the EVOBD2 to say how much percentage I actually had. Because I, I saw I was getting low, but it's nice to know, okay, I still have 20% left. I can make it to the campsite and then come back, charge there, and then make it home. Also, what I used it for is on the longer road trips. I can use, it does have a range on it. So on if anybody looks at on the computer, it says 176 kilometers, right? Um, but your Kona might say that you have 250 kilometers. So how I would work it was I would always take whatever number was the lowest. And that's what I would kind of use as my, that's roughly how much range I have. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. Well, did you have anything else to, to add James that maybe I forgot? I don't think so. Uh, if you, if you, I go with if you really want the peace of mind and this is your first EV, this is, or even if it's not, but if you want the geeky information, but for your first EV, I find this as a great device. Gives you that uh, peace of mind in order to travel longer distances with it. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, James. I appreciate you coming on and talking to us about this. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. I don't know why I said have a day day. That was dumb. (laughs) So sorry. You have a day day too. (laughs) 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.